Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, May 26th. It is six minutes after nine. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. What are you laughing at? You were so excited to start this show today. You didn't even turn your mic on. No, I had my mic on. That was was on me. Oh, that was you. I I didn't have it faded up. That's how we're starting the show. Sorry. (laughs) But it sounded smooth. I mean, it was a smooth uh, entrance into the segment. No, it was fine. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, It it is Kendall and Casey. Yeah, sorry. He's Rob. I'm Casey. And uh, let's talk about Ron DeSantis, shall we? He brought in $8.2 million in fundraising. This in 24 hours after he announced that he was running for president. Now, he can't spend that money on himself in the sense of he can't take a vacation to Tahiti. But can you imagine just seeing $8.2 million appear in a bank account? Like, I get, I get excited when I see my direct deposit show up. I wake <laughs> up early the day we get paid, yeah. and the first thing I do is sprint yeah. to see that in my account because, well, I feel like a darn king, Casey. And I think we've made clear radio doesn't quite pay what it once did, and thus the direct deposit not near 8.2 mil. Makes you feel pretty good, though, when you see that money, but $8.2 million to start in 24 hours to to launch your campaign as you're running for president. Congrats. Yeah. Your account reads $8.2 million. Not too bad, right? Uh, but here's the thing. He's got an uphill battle to climb, according to all of the polls. He sits behind Donald Trump, and Donald Trump, for a while, has been ripping on Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis seems to have kind of taken the high road, never really mentioning Trump by name until now. Well, isn't it interesting, the the approach from Trump world? And there's always this theory that if you are number one, and you're certainly easily number one. This you don't is, mention the competition. Yeah, this is not Coke and Pepsi, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're led to believe by Trump that I'm so far ahead, it is it is uh, Coke and uh, Fago. Mm-hmm. Or, or, RC Cola. Yeah, RC Cola or whatever. And yet, he is responding as though it is Coke and Pepsi. And in a weird way to me, this Trump obsession with DeSantis and the just, I mean, badgering and belittling this guy like it's Chris Christie or Jeb Bush, to me, it's kind of pathetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are so far ahead, go about your business. If this guy's no threat to you and shouldn't even be running and it's just completely ridiculous that he's even fathoming a run for the presidency, then just do your job, kick his backside, and go win the presidency. And yet everything with Trump is about DeSantis. Yeah. Well, and DeSantis is finally saying that he doesn't think that Trump is the same guy who ran in 2015 and 2016. He said he thinks he's going in a different direction and that Trump's campaign is going in the wrong direction. So Trump went on, what is that thing he's on now? Truth? Mm -hmm. Is that the name of it? Yep. And I also think it's interesting that DeSantis is practically 
daring Trump to go back on uh, Twitter. on Twitter yeah. because Trump's all you know made the big proclamation of I'm a truth man now. Well, he knows he's getting a fraction of the views on truth that he's getting on you know DeSantis would get is getting on on Twitter and Trump certainly would get on Twitter. So he's basically calling his bluff and dominating that platform daring Trump to go back on his word and and come back on Twitter. So Trump went on truth and Casey this is this is so it, I mean it I try to come up with a word other than pathetic. But I, I don't know what the word is because whether whether you think you're the best candidate for president or not, Ron DeSantis and what Florida did certainly during COVID is something that every Republican state should have aspired to be like. And we say this as a state with a Republican governor that put the power pants on and destroyed one life after another and didn't show any remorse and hasn't shown any remorse for it whatsoever. So it's not like it's a Democrat or Republican thing. Oh, all the Republicans were good and all the Democrats were bad. Yeah. Everybody should want their state to be the way Florida was under Ron DeSantis. So whether you think Trump's the best or you think DeSantis is the best or you're a Tim Scott person, we should all be able to agree and applaud Ron DeSantis's actions during COVID. And yet Trump is so insecure that he in this piece of audio we're going to play tries to say Cuomo in New York was better than DeSantis. Take a listen to this. When the Ron DeSanctimonious facts come out, you will see that he's better than most Democrat governors, but very average at best compared to Republican governors who have done a fantastic job. How about the fact that he had the third most deaths of any state having to do with the China virus or COVID? Even Cuomo did better. He was number four. He shut down everything including the beaches. Other Republican governors didn't do that. They kept it open. It was their choice. I gave them all their choice. The Democrats blew it big. A lot of Republican governors did a fantastic job. And look at Disney and what a mess it is. Could have worked out an easy settlement, but no, he wanted to show the fake news how tough a guy he is. He's not. And the whole Disney thing is really very unfortunate. Now thousands and thousands of jobs are being stopped. So, so real quick, because we've got we're going to play some phone calls next hour about people going, you've got, you're being so mean to Trump. No, we're not being mean to Trump. We're pointing out like we would with any other candidate for public office or any person in public office when they're being wholly ridiculous. And in this case, he's just lying out his backside. Yeah. Okay, so he said more people died in Florida. Uh, is this per capita? What are we talking about here? Because it's a big state. Right, absolutely. So this isn't apples to apples here. And and, and, and again, there's nothing, any, any proven, one thing the government did that kept any person from dying. There's not been one proof of, we did this and it kept X amount of people from dying. There's no proof of that whatsoever. And is Donald Trump actually saying... Which is what it appears that, I mean, I, I listened to it several times now, that Eric Holcomb did a better job in Donald Trump's mind during COVID than Ron DeSantis. He's saying Indiana was better off during COVID with all the shutdowns and the lockdowns and the business closures and mm-hmm. the people out of work yeah. and the mask mandates, yeah. that that was better than Florida. And the kids not in school. When you say, Rob, you're being mean to Trump, these are his words. I'm asking the questions yeah. and making comments based on his own words. That is so offensive and it is so wholly ridiculous 
to say that Indiana was better off during COVID than Florida. And he keeps, he said that DeSantis shut the beaches down. Rob, you know, ever since DeSantis announced, I've been going back and looking at pictures from 2020 when I was in Florida. Pictures of me on the beach. Uh, going to the Harley Davidson store, which was open, hugging people in the Harley Davidson store, and I just, and he's talking about Disney, and how Disney made money during COVID because they were open. <laughs> so when people get angry, are are you okay with that? If, if if you're a person who's upset that we are talking about Trump's actual record and things Trump is saying, do you believe as Trump did? Or just asserted there. We didn't make him do that. He said it on his own. That Indiana was better off? That Eric Holcomb handled COVID better than, than Ron DeSantis? If if yes, then that's a... I guess, I guess God bless you if you think lockdowns and mask mandates and business closures were the way to go. But this guy is so full of it. And he... Casey, he just flat out lied during this video mm-hmm. where he acts like where he said, I gave them the choice. I, I gave them the option. Casey, here is one minute. And this video that I pulled this from is much longer than one minute. I stopped at one minute. Yeah. Here is one minute of Trump basically saying how he forced states to shut down, how proud he is of what he did. Go. We did the right thing. We closed the country down. Could have kept it open. And I could have done what some countries are doing. I had to shut it down. We did the right thing. I thought of keeping it open. And we did just the right thing. We closed it down. And a group of very smart people walk in and say, sir, we have to close it. And we did the right thing. They can't do anything without the approval of the president of the United States. Even the Democrats aren't blaming me for that. We had to close it up. Some people wish we never closed it down. We did the right thing. We closed it. It's a decision for the president of the United States. We did the right thing. We had to close it up. Because nobody's ever heard of closing down a country, let alone the United States of America. We had to turn off the airlines. We had to turn off everything. And we did the right thing. A lot of people have thought about it. Write it out. Don't do anything. Just write it out. And think of it as the flu. But it's not the flu. It's vicious. We basically shut down our country. We did the right thing. We had to close it down. The president of the United States calls the shots. And we had to close it down. We did the right thing. They're not working in offices. They're not in airplanes together. And we did close up. We had to close it up. And we did the right thing. We closed it down. We did the right thing. We closed it up. We were told to got to shut it down. Stop it. Tell everyone to stay home because of this horrible virus, and we did that. We had to artificially close our country. We've done this right, and we, we really, we really have done this right. So we did the right thing. Everything we did was right. Okay, Casey, those were all his words. Yep. He's very proud that he shut society down. Yep. And then he goes out there and he just completely lies to society. So what am I supposed to do with that, Casey? As a, as You're a, being mean to Trump. <laughs> like, when, why would you want that? You were in Florida. Mm-hmm. Was it open or was it closed? It was open. And I can tell you, I like I said, I've been going back looking at pictures and video that I took while I was down there. And, you know, I was going back and forth between Tallahassee and South Bend about every two weeks to come back and visit my family and see my daughter. And th- at one point, I, I took a video. I was on 
Apalachicola Bay. It took me a really long time to learn how to say that, yeah, by the way. very well Apalachicola done. Bay. You're a trained professional. Because they were plucking the oysters fresh out of the bay. And I thought, oh, well, this is fantastic. When the dude comes down to Florida, we yes. have to go to this place and, and go to this restaurant where they're serving these fresh oysters right out of Apalachicola Bay. It was a restaurant. It was open. My neighbors in Florida, the little girls every morning getting on the bus. You know what my daughter was doing in South Bend? Not going to school, not having a spring break, not having a prom, not having a graduation. Her graduation ceremony was on YouTube in the family room. Look, again, if you are only going to listen to the show, if we lie to you about Donald Trump, then, I mean, I'm sorry. We're not going to do that. I would vote for an orange peel over Joe Biden, but I'm not going to, out of fear of somebody turning off the radio, tell you things that are just inaccurate. Ron DeSantis actually governed on the side of liberty and freedom during COVID. Donald Trump bribed the states to shut down. Had Donald Trump not given Eric Holcomb billions of dollars and Joe Hogsett billions of dollars, they wouldn't have been able to do what they do. And I'm not going to defend that, and I'm not going to let him lie about it. So if you say that's being mean to Trump, that's a you problem. That's not an us problem. Speaking of a you problem, yeah. you won't believe the text message I got yesterday, I, Casey. I can't wait to hear it from one of your reps. Oh, my gosh. These people are just they're just scumbags, Casey. These people in the government that represent us are just complete dirtballs. It is 19 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 24 minutes after 9, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up in just a bit, Jefferson Shreve is going to join us. And we're finally going to get to the bottom. Yes. If he's ever actually been to a Wendy's. Right. <laughs> we'll find out. But you said you got a text message yesterday that you wanted to share I, with I can't even with this, Casey. I can't even. I don't. <sighs> Our elected officials suck. What's 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 wrong? What happened? I mean, they just they never cease to amaze me at the level they can disappoint me. So we have but I guess in a weird way they've been doing us a huge favor because they keep proving us right. And sometimes it's easy because we point out on a daily basis how awful the behavior of these people is. You guys are so negative. You you can't find the good in anything. Well, with our government, there's very little good to find. Mm. Now, yesterday we pointed out my little interaction with the assessor's office went very well. And we did a whole segment on how great the government yep. was there. But for the most part, these people are awful. So one of the things we have been saying on this show from the moment they elected Kevin McCarthy speaker, you remember Jim Banks 15 times voted for him over and over and over and over, came on every show but ours and said what a great, great guy McCarthy was and what a fighter he was, said you're not going to get any real spending cuts because the Republicans don't actually want to cut the spending. 
And if they do cut the spending, what spending they do cut will be meaningless. Right. And it'll be just enough that they believe they can come back to you and lie to you about how they've cut spending. And I got a text message, which, by the way, the fact that my rep can just send me a message to my phone. No, no offense, Jim Baird. I didn't give you my phone number. Shove off, pal. I don't want to hear from you. I don't like you. You don't do anything for me. You suck at your job. And so does your loser kid who's a state rep there in Putnam County. Hi, Bo. Um, This is the text message I got yesterday from Jim Baird, my do-nothing U.S. rep from the 4th Congressional District. Hey, this is Congressman Jim Baird. As debt ceiling negotiations heat up, I need to hear from you. Do you think raising the debt ceiling should be paired with spending cuts? Let me know. And then it provides a link for you to click. And multiple other people responded that they got the same message. Did you reply? Did you Uh, go to the link? I don't click anything, Casey. You know that. And the fact... Again, now if this didn't it wasn't actually from him, then there needs to be an FBI investigation because someone is impersonating Congressman Jim Baird, and maybe they can get to that faster than Hunter Biden. Yeah, I, th- I think you should reply with the uh, "Tell me more." <laughs> See what happens. The, but think about it. so this is mm-hmm. the Republicans. Should we do this? Yeah. Why are we even asking that question? Should we have spending cuts? Should spending cuts be paired with raising the debt ceiling? We are a week away from ground zero. Right. Less than a week away from ground zero. Yeah. And you need to ask, should I cut the spending? Should I cut any spending? No, no. Keep spending. We love paying so much more money for everything. It wasn't like something meaningful like, should a balanced budget be part of agreeing to raise the debt ceiling? Should massive cuts across the board? Should entitlement reform? Should securing the border? Should a hardline stance on uh, energy production? It's should spending cuts be a part of raising the debt ceiling? (laughs) This is why I loathe the Republican Party. They are frauds. They are failures. They are frauds and failures at the local level. They are frauds and failures at the state level. They are frauds and failures at the national level. This is the Republican Party. A U.S. rep, a Republican, um... Should spending cuts be a part of raising the debt ceiling? Please click this link here and let me know. (laughs) Tell me what you think. I think I am going to respond. Tell me more. Let's see what I get. (laughs) There's no way I can get like a virus on my phone, is there, by responding? No. I mean, what if it is some sort of scam? It's not. You'll be okay. All right. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Tell Tell me more. Me more. You'll get a generic response. (laughs) Text stop to opt out. (laughs) That's what you're going to get. All right, we've got Jefferson Shreve. He's going to join us next, running for mayor of Indianapolis with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And oh, Casey, what a special guest we have. I know. In Big the time. Studio. He's here in the flesh. We certainly hope he's going to be the next mayor of Indianapolis. Republican candidate for mayor, Jefferson Shreve. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me this morning. You have done the most endearing thing in the history of ever. Uh, he shows up this morning mm-hmm. and in his hand, yes. triumphantly hoisting <laughs> into the air. What is that? A bag of Wendy's breakfast sandwiches. Yes! A, f- a variety pack, actually. Yes! So, That's fantastic. So get them while they're hot, because the bacon is good until it congeals a little bit, and then you, you can always zap it back up, but these are good. So we had uh, had a, just a long-standing conversation on this show, if you had ever been to a Wendy's. And I, look, I think this sh- shines a giant light into you and your personality, you, that you are willing to have some fun with us. So you have been to a Wendy's. <laughs> I've been to a Wendy's. Uh, there was talk about uh, Frosties and dipping fries in Frosties. Yes, and, where do you stand well, on this? Well, uh, firstly, I would tell you that you can't get a Frosty this early in the morning. What? The, the machines do not start firing up until about 10.30, uh-huh. uh, and so it's it's coffee. Okay. Um, and the idea of dipping French fries in a Frosty... I, I wouldn't do it. You know, I get the sweet and, I sweet and, sweet and salty thing I get. I would take like a uh, an elephant ear mm-hmm. with soft serve vanilla ice cream. I think that's a great combination. But French fries and Frosties, no. Okay. So, pushing my limits. I, lo- I love this so much. We'll get a picture when you're done here. We'll post it up at, at Casey Daniels 317 at Robin Kendall on Twitter. I, mm-hmm. I love that. All right, let's get to important stuff. Why did you decide to run for mayor of Indianapolis? It seems like a totally thankless job. The city is in such terrible shape. And you got a pretty good life. Why did you decide to do this? Uh, well, yes and yes on the first two counts. And I'm doing it because I think I can do a better job. And I've got the uh, I've got the energy and some runtime experience in the space to have that conviction that I can, I can jump in here and I can do a better job for my hometown. And it is my hometown. I mean, this is where I was born. And I am committed to making it better. I mean, this will be... This will be my life for the uh, next, uh, certainly the year of this campaign, uh, and then four years, hopefully, and maybe even eight. What's the conversation go like in your circle, in your family? I mean, a lot of times people just go, eh, I'm going to just run for office. I don't have anything else going on. You had a lot going on. You had a very successful business career. You obviously sold that business and did very well. Like, Can you t- kind of take us through that thought process on how you come to the conclusion of yes? Yeah, so it's not like a, on a lark. Actually, when uh, Mayor Ballard uh, decided not to run uh, uh, eight years ago, yeah, 2015, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was serving on the city county council, and uh, I thought a lot of the mayor and watched uh, the way he worked. And when he decided not to run, I had considered it then, had some friends, including uh, people in the administration that were chatting in my ear about that. Uh, but it's such a personal decision. You've got to be in the right place in your own life to be able to to, to, to make jump in and make that commitment. And, uh, and I wasn't positioned at that point and you've got to have that conviction that you're the best person for the job mm-hmm. in the here and in, in now and eight years ago a lot of us had some enthusiasm that perhaps Joe Hogsett could 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 do what he said he was going to do the first time or even the second time and you know I it didn't work it didn't work and so I come to four uh, I'm able to do this I want to do this 
and I have that conviction that I can offer something that's a little better, a little bolder than what we've had. Jefferson Shreve, our guest, he's the Republican candidate for mayor uh, of Indianapolis. And yes, he has been to a Wendy's. And yes, he brought us he Wendy's. He brought Wendy's. Yeah, that's awesome. Casey. Okay, Jefferson, now I am actually one of your con- one of your future possible constituents. And I could, uh, I live in Marion County, and there are some issues that concern me as a resident. And I'd like to address those if we can. Yes, ma'am. How the, long you got? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's just, the number one being crime. What is your plan to curtail the high level of homicides in the city? Yeah, it's way too high. And so, I mean, we have crime, uh, petty crimes, violent crimes, but we we spend the, perhaps the most time talking about the homicides because that's that that qualified metric that the FBI verifies. And so that's the one that we put the most attention on. Uh, we, we, we had uh, 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 more shootings just this last night, another homicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we see in the news when we wake up, we come almost jaded to, you know, all the flashing uh, IMPD squad cars that are responding to the, the, the shooting of the day or the hour or the evening. Uh, we have not nearly enough police protection on the streets of Indianapolis. Uh, we are 300 officers down, maybe more, but at least 300 down. I served on the IMPD Staffing Commission, uh, oh gosh, back in my first stint on council. Data-driven, nonpartisan. It was led by Councilor John Barth on the other side. And we know where we need to be from the human talent out on the streets of Indianapolis to protect our citizens based on our, our population density or dispersion. And the, the, the difference in additional police is the difference between that pivot from reactive policing to a proactive posture, to where we're out in the community, inside neighborhood associations, listening to neighborhoods, and being able to jump in and respond proactively when neighbors are saying, I'm seeing this every Thursday night. Every Friday night, there's a big out-of-control party going on here. Something's not right, you know, over there. We don't have enough people working for the city to protect people and property to do this job. And so those that we are left with are so burned out and frustrated with the way the system isn't working. Um, I mean, we, we just don't even attempt to do anything with a lot of people on what you might have considered significant crimes like auto theft. Mm-hmm. It's just a rotating door. And so our officers will pick them up. They go into the APC and they're right back out six hours later and they're left with hours of paperwork to process. It's such a frustrating system. And we are driving off talent, talent that we desperately need on the force. May- uh, I just want to real quick want to introduce our guest again, Casey Jefferson Shreve, the mm-hmm. Republican uh, candidate for mayor of Indianapolis. Go ahead, Casey. So Mayor Joe Hogsett just yesterday came out and he proposed a ban on semi-automatic rifles and wants to roll back the law ban and gun permits. Where do you feel? Where do you stand on this? How do you feel about that? Well, I think that's, that's a fine opinion for him to have. It's just that that's not the mayor's authority to do that. I mean, it, he can't, you know, he can say that he wants to do X, Y, and Z, but he doesn't have the authority by fiat, neither he nor I to do these sorts of things. And so it's just sort of political posturing. Uh, he also wanted to hire a couple more, uh, I think three more attorneys to, to, to work with a federal prosecutor because he doesn't have the system working right with his own prosecutor here. Um, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a desperate play, but it's not going to result in anything because statutorily what he's proposing just won't work. Uh, I think a lot of us are cheerleading for you, and we talked about this in the elevator coming up here, because this city cannot 
under any circumstances, sustain four more years of Joe Hogsett and resemble the city that some of us grew up in and, and around and coming to. And I think a lot of people we saw yesterday there were there were multiple convictions in the in the murder of, of Chris Beatty, a beloved figure who was killed during the riots. And I think a lot of us are cheerleading for you because you have the resources, the ability to ask the questions. Where was Joe Hogsett during the riots? That's a fair question, right? Nobody knows the answer to that. Yeah, uh, very fair question. I don't know. Um, the, I don't think the governor knew. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I know we were trying to raise him on the horn, but uh, I, I don't know. Uh, and I hope you guys will ask that because you do have the resources to be able to do that. All right. In addition to crime, which Casey touched on, there seems to be, and not to make it like a Jimmy Carter thing here, but a sense of malaise over this city in the sense of there's so many areas where people just don't seem to have confidence or pride in the city anymore. How do you as mayor bring that back? Boy, that's so important. And you know what? Especially on a weekend like this, I mean, it's a beautiful time of the year, a month of May, race weekend. Uh, we want our city to shine all the time, uh, especially, you know, at these, these special moments. And so, you know, as a candidate, I don't want to beat up on my hometown. I just want to talk truth and, and keep this in front of people that what we have is not where we need to stay, not where we have been and not where we are going. And uh, it's that balance between, look, keep it real. How does it feel? Where do you want to be? Are you comfortable being X, Y, and Z around our city? And if the answer is no, and if you don't feel like we're in a better spot than we were eight years ago, well, let's chart another course. Mm -hmm. We know where we have been. We know where we can be. We know where we want to be in Indianapolis. And we want a vibrant downtown. We want people that want to move into Marion County, not move out to Mm -hmm. Hendricks County. Yeah. So I play a lot of... Hey, there's nothing wrong with Hendricks County. We're fine over here. (laughs) Even Brownsburg, I hear. Yeah. (laughs) Jefferson Shreve joins us, and I play a little game on the weekends I like to call Fireworker Guy. Gunshot, but my commute literally, I go from garage to garage. And even if I were to go to an event like at Lucas Oil Stadium or Gamebridge or something, I don't feel safe parking or walking outside, you know, Monument Circle at night. What is your plan to make it more appealing for more people to come downtown and make it more of the tourist destination that it once was? Yeah. Well, uh, remember when the mayor ran the first time we were going to light up the city? It doesn't seem that much lighter to me, but I, I think uh, there's physical elements, including just more and better lighting. We need better uh, surveillance systems in terms of uh, CCTV. Uh, you know, I came out of a st- uh, self-storage business, and we had so many more interconnected, high-definition IB cameras covering our properties and what our city has in the downtown core. And so you want people to feel like the lights are on, uh, folks are watching and paying attention, and we want to visibly see our police in in, in a proactive, citizen-facing posture, Mm -hmm. uh, button-polished and out there, and not just responding to violent crime, but being there visible and present. Um, I think in the in the downtown core, when we have events, uh, some of those things that really sell, and they sell a sense of uh, security with our citizens, was is the uh, the mounted patrol. Um, uh, I like our our our, our motorcycle um, uh, core on the IMPD, and some of those things that are a little more show, but boy, their confidence instilling mm-hmm. and. We adopted a police a police model of uh, of, of beat uh, coverage uh, several years ago, but I never see officers walking, you know, paired up down the streets of Mass Avenue or Virginia Avenue because we don't have enough of them. We don't have that, and 
the ability for citizens to see that instills a sense of comfort and even pride in their city. That is important. And so our challenge on this front is not fiscal. We funded these these officers. We've had them in the budget. We our problem is 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 management in terms of recruiting and retaining that talent where they feel valued. I mean, they're in high demand. They can go in lots of places and they leave. Uh, I've been to lots of recruit uh, class ceremonies in my time on the council, and time and again, we bring them in. And more leave than stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, that's and that real quick. I know Casey would jump in here, but that's a great point. They go to have a great friend who left IMPD, went to the Pittsburgh Police Department, said it's basically the same pay, and they treat me a lot better. Yeah. So we talked about the crime, and I mentioned driving from my house to work, and let's talk about the actual roads that I'm driving on <laughs> because they're not great, and we know the General Assembly's not helping Marion County get money. What are we going to do to fix the infrastructure of our fine city? Yeah. It's the biggest fiscal challenge facing this and the next administration. And uh, uh, the challenge, uh, the path to it, in part, runs through the General Assembly, other end of Market Street. Uh, I would be hopeful that I would have a little a little better opportunity to work with the General Assembly than our sitting mayor does, because they don't cooperate, they don't talk a whole lot. The, yeah, I would say that there wasn't a Republican or a Democratic way to fill a pothole, but there is a there is a there is a smart way to do it. Yeah, um, uh, I was on public works uh, in the ballot administration. They used a six sigma approach to to filling potholes, which is to say, if you're going to fill them, you want them to last several years. And so there are things that you need to do rather than just chucking a- asphalt into a into a, a, a wet uh, divot or hole in in the street because it wears right back out in a few weeks. And so I think about some of this from my background. I'm having a pretty pedestrian business, but you know the driveways needed to be paved and needed to be cleared. The gates needed to work. The lights needed to be on because my customers are like citizen constituents. They'll go elsewhere. They've got, you know, I mean, they're going to vote with their feet. Yeah. And so we got to take care of those sorts of things. And we've got to do it efficiently with the resources that we have and, and do it right. Hey, before I let you go, and by the way, we need to have you back because we could talk to you for an hour. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's so many topics this city needs improvement. But I do have to ask you, how cool is it to turn on the television and see yourself. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, that made my wife shriek every time she would see one of those because she was in a one or, one or two of those spots, and every time she's like, Ugh! I don't know if I'd say that was cool. That 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 you know when you, when when you're not a political sort of guy. I mean, I've been a business guy all my life, and suddenly I'm playing in a political space, and so it's an adjustment. But I wouldn't say it was cool. We got to have all hands on deck because we can't do four more years of Hogshead. If people want to know more about your campaign, how they can get involved, how they can start knocking on doors, how they can, you know, all sorts of those things, what's the best way to do that? Oh, shreveformayor.com. Shreveformayor.com is our site. Ah, I love it, man. Thank you for the Wendy's. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. We'd love to have you back because, like I said, uh, as a Hoosier lifer, I know you are pretty much as well, that um, we just can't do four more years of Joe Hogshead. So go get them, man. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's been to a Wendy's. 
Jefferson Street? Yes. Yeah. The mystery has been revealed? Yeah. You enjoy your sandwich? It was great. It was a some sort of bacon biscuit something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cool thing about Shreve was... He brought one for you, mm-hmm. and he brought one for Kev, yep. and he brought one for Kylan, who was in here producing Tony's show. Yeah. Now, we know Tony won't bring her anything because he's never here, right. so he even thought of Kylan. <laughs> yeah, that was very kind of him, because yeah. I usually come in here with hunger pains, because yeah. you, you guys don't feed me. Yeah, right, absolutely. And so he gave me a biscuit sandwich, and it was amazing. Which does give credence to what I've said for a long time on the show, Casey. We need more wealthy friends. I tried. <laughs> Can we have? asked him, can we be your new besties? I'm sure he he never hears that at he, all. He goes, I'm very busy. No, I'm just kidding. He did not say that. Actually, uh, his uh, Sarah, his his assistant, yes. was saying like, uh, yeah, you guys want to go to Tahiti or something? <laughs> yeah, he said they listen to the show every day, and so mm-hmm. that's awesome. And uh, he's doing very well, and anybody but Hogshead, so let's go Jefferson Shreve. Somebody not doing very well, though, Casey, uh, Bud Light. Yeah. Okay, so we got a big holiday weekend coming up. Yes. A lot of grilling, some parties. People are going to be hanging out possibly in the backyard, by the pool, at some parks. And what? You want to open a nice cold beer, right? What flavor are you going to choose? <laughs> Bud Light's hoping you choose them. So much so that they're practically giving it away. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, the, the numbers are out there. Billions upon billions of loss for Bud Light since this Dylan Mulvaney debacle. I mean, it is an incredible amount of market cap that they have they have lost. And, the, you know, I think, again, and we talked about this weeks ago, when, remember, they put the ad out with the Clydesdales, and I said... This is not going to be resolved until Bud Light looks at their audience and says, we made an egregious mistake. We played to a bunch of clowns and we recognize our own fault. No one to blame but us. And we are sorry, and we will not listen to these lunatics anymore, and we are back to hot chicks and whatever else dudes are into because Mm -hmm. that's who buys our product. Done. And then they would have been fine. But they won't do it. They did not do that. Instead, they have revealed a new promotion called the U.S. Budweiser Family Memorial Day Rebate. Yeah, so basically... Here's a coupon for some free beer. I mean, basically, that's what it is, right? I mean, they're so desperate to get rid of this beer that, depending on, you know, what size of case you buy or whatever, that... It's a it's up to a fifteen dollar coupon. You could end up with free beer. Yeah, you could go into the store if it's priced, and in many cases, a case of Bud Light is below fifteen dollars. And isn't it amazing, Casey, that they are so wed to their leftism that they would rather give their beer away for free rather than just rectifying the problem? And it's a very simple approach. It has been a simple approach since day one, which is the people in charge. They're out. The new people come in say this was an egregious mistake, we recognize it, we're going to get back to doing what we do, we hope you'll forgive us, Mm -hmm. and let's roll. Nope, not going to do that. Instead, here's a rebate. They're giving away their beer. But you know what else, who else is losing in this situation is Target. Yes. Uh, So I've got a birthday I have to buy a birthday present for somebody. And I was on Rockville Road yesterday and I drove by the Target and I thought oh, I could just run in there yeah. because they'll probably have something. But no, I can't just run into Target because of what they've got going on with their tuck friendly clothing. And I'm not the only one. It's being reported they have lost $9 billion in one week. Yeah, the Post Millennial had this report that because of them getting it once again in all this alphabet soup stuff, 
Target lost, according to an internal memo, $9 billion. And you know what their pivot appears to be? To something George Floyd related. Yeah. These, uh, they do they do not care. They know what they're doing and they do not care and they're going to tank these companies and it is amazing, an amazing time to be alive. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's a solid thing.